Hey everyone, welcome to the show. You're listening to Can I, the Latchel podcast named for the acronym Continuous and Never Ending Improvement. At Latchel, we have a deep belief that you can't get better by staying the same. And our podcast is here to give you the tools and resources you need to achieve healthy growth. As a Y Combinator backed company, we know what it takes to have rapid, accelerated growth, and we want to pass our learnings along to you. At Latchel, we help property managers and landlords grow and scale by taking over 24 7 maintenance operations. We've developed an innovative mix of software and on demand support to help do that. Each week on this show, we bring on industry experts and we dive into the topics that'll help you shape your business. Welcome to the show. Let's get going. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the session. I'm Ethan Lieber, the CEO of Latchel. And with me today, I have one of our account executives, Jen Sells. We're going to be inviting on a couple customers of Latchel in just a few minutes. Before we do that, Jen, why don't you tell all our, our listeners where they can meet us in person the rest of the year? We're going to a few awesome conferences. We'd love to see you. Jen, where are we going to be? Hi, everyone. So our next conference is at the NARPUM, Florida. And then we will be at our first PMI conference, which we're really excited to meet all of our PMI partners over there in Salt Lake City. And then we are going to be at the annual convention for NARPUM in Arizona. So we're really excited to be at that one, too. Awesome. Um, and you may have actually seen us at a few other conferences. Um, I believe the last one we went to was Apartmentalize. Is that right, John? We, we went to Apartmentalize, and then our last conference was actually Southern States. Um, it was myself and That's Katrina, right. our, our marketing manager, was there as well. And going to these conferences is awesome. Not only do you learn a bunch from the speakers there, but you get to see us. And we like to send different people from different teams to these, always with Jen. Jen is like the the ambassador for Latchel at all of these. Um, and she does some awesome giveaways. So if you want to uh, win an Apple Watch, go attend one of these conferences and say hi to us. So we're getting... Um, Angela and Aaron from Moxie Property Management on the show. They're having some technical difficulties with their camera. So while we're waiting for them to join, Jen, I figured maybe what we could do is give a quick spiel on Latchel. We don't always do this in our shows, and sometimes you know our listeners forget what we do. Um, so I kind of wanted to start by giving everyone a vision for why Latchel was created, because I think it's really important and speaks to what we do. And then Jen, I'm going to pass it to you for the the elevator pitch on why people should try our services. Sure. So I'm going to bring it back to actually the founding of Latchel. As you all know, I'm one of the co-founders here, CEO of the company, started Latchel with Will Gordon, who I actually went to college with. Um, so we, we met freshman year. Uh, lived together four years through college. We had always wanted to start a business together, um, but we went separate ways after college. He went into supply chain management. I went into uh, product management for software and mobile applications. So imagine you have these two diverse backgrounds, mine in software applications development, uh, Will coming from supply chain logistics operations. Fast forward a decade. 
Will is working at Amazon, building their Prime Now delivery networks. I, I talk about this a lot because it's so operationally heavy, requires a lot of logistics, supply chain planning. At this time, he takes over a multi-generational property management company from his grandfather, who retires at the age of 92. So think about that, 92. Obviously, his grandpa probably wasn't upkeeping the units as well as he should have. So Will takes over this about 35-unit property management company and is inundated with maintenance. He comes to me because I had been building software that connected contractors to actually homeowners that needed renovation work. And in Will's mind, he was thinking, well, maybe Ethan's applications can get me connected to service professionals that can actually do this maintenance work. Now, the problem with these lead generation applications, and I'm sure you've all used them time to time when you need someone in a crunch, you get bids on jobs, but you don't really know what's the quality of that contractor. The uh, lead generation applications don't provide you any kind of operational benefit. It's not like Thumbtack or Home Advisor is actually going to go coordinate with the tenant for you. They're not going to coordinate follow-up steps if other visits are needed. That's still all left up to you. And that's the thing that takes the most time, right? So when Will came to me with this problem, we both went out spoke to close to 100 other property management companies ranging from 10 units, all single family, up to 4,000 units with a mix of uh, garden style apartments, duplexes, and single family. And the common thread across all these companies we spoke to was that maintenance held them back from growing. Um, they'd get so caught up with 50% of their day dedicated to maintenance they couldn't bring on new units, they couldn't scale, and figuring out how to scale that operation was the problem. And that's where Latchel came along. The whole idea was, what can we build to help companies scale and help co companies operate more efficiently, right? So, of course, you know, we started with, uh, it added, none of you will probably remember this when we first started, but we started actually just trying to serve 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. non-emergencies, and it became really clear that the real burning pain for our customers was taking those 24-7 um, requests, troubleshooting them, and dispatching for emergencies. That ultimately became our 24-7 emergency product, which is our flagship product. Um, and this is the thing that really helps our customers scale. We're going to get to talking about that in a little bit when we bring on Angela and Aaron, but we're also going to hear from them how they've built their own company using other practices outside of Latchel, outside of maintenance to create uh, efficiencies across the board. So I'm going to go ahead and I see Angela on here. I'm going to go ahead and invite her up. Okay. Angela, Aaron, welcome to the show. It is so good to have you here. Good. We're so happy to be here on, on screen, finally. <laughs> yes, we really appreciate it, too. Is it really that narrow? It's a little bit narrow. You might just want to, like, you know, toss the camera back and forth as you talk or just, like, you know, squeeze in. <laughs> um, I, I want to introduce you both again, though, to the audience um, now that you're actually on screen and we can put some faces to names here. So yeah. we have Aaron Landis and Angela Gonzalez, the founders of Moxie Property Management. Uh, Moxie Property Management is based in Texas. You've been able to grow your company with a fully remote team. And I really want to dive into that. Yeah. I really just kind of dive into the, the whole 
journey you've had as founders of your company. Um, Our journey has been very similar to logging on to this podcast today. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. The way, the way stuff works with plus, Kit, yeah. Um, plus families. Things and, not working. Yeah. This one. Okay. You know, I'd love to start by just getting kind of like a, a status like update of Moxie. Where's your business currently at? If you could give us four or five bullet points that would perfectly describe where your business currently is, and then we'll kind of rewind. Okay. So we're uh, five years? Five years, December, in, De- in December. Uh, five years old. We're at like 200, 225. That's a number we've been hovering at for like the past year. Yeah. Um, we manage um, properties in like, I don't know, the five surrounding counties that comprise DFW. Um, and we do quite a bit of, um, we call it a la carte services. So we do a lot of eviction onlys. We do a lot of advertising and just placing tenants, uh, lease onlys. Um, and we've also done uh, some instances where we're taking, essentially taking over maintenance for self-managed properties while those owners are out on vacation or enjoying their summers. Um, so we do actually our eviction only service um, has created quite a bit of business for us. So we have self-managed um, properties. Those owners come to us and say, hey, I got myself in a pickle. I've got a really bad tenant in. I need to get them out. Um, and so we just charge uh, essentially a flat fee to handle that eviction service. It works out really nicely. Those are usually, uh, you know, one week, maybe two week uh, jobs. So yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're pretty happy. We've had a busy summer um, and we're, we're looking to, uh, we actually have quite a few doors that were lined up to take over between now and the end of the year. So I think we're good. We're happy. I'm curious in talking more about the, this a la carte model you've developed. Have you always been, have you always kind of followed this a la carte strategy or is that a newer thing? It kind of evolved on its own. Just made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, and that's something uh, Aaron and I have been very good at is not pigeonholing ourselves into just full property management. Um, understanding that sometimes, you know, especially self-managed landlords, a lot of times they they do need full service management, but they're not willing to drop what they're doing and just switch it overnight. And so a lot of times with those landlords, what we're finding is we're increasing our a la carte services to them each year. So they start off using eviction only mm-hmm. and then they call us and say, hey, let's go ahead and you can place tenants for us and, you know, screen them and get the paperwork in place. And then they start calling us and they're like, okay, talk to us about maintenance. Um, and so it's kind of uh, with a lot of those self-managed landlords, especially with the larger portfolios. I mean, if they're anywhere between like 20 and 50 doors and managing them themselves, a lot of times they're more willing to turn over full property management as long as it's like in stages, right? Annoying to them <laughs> as things become too much of a pain in the ass or just they don't understand. Uh, that's where the eviction only stuff comes in. A lot of them just don't understand how that court system works. Um, so if we can give them a little bit of knowledge, they come back for more. Um, and before we know it, we transitioned them to to full-time management. So I think this is fascinating because Lateral has a really similar strategy and it it wasn't intentional. It just kind of happened organically where we do have a lot of people that will come in on our after hours or 24 seven emergency service um, where we're only handling the emergency coordination. And then when that goes really well and they get more used to like kind of getting their feet wet with outsourcing that type of thing, We'll, we'll see customers upgrade. So yeah. it's interesting to me because it sounds like you're, you're kind of following a similar strategy with these a la carte services that you then have people adding on. 
Are there like one or two a la carte services that you offer that are sort of the entry points for property managers or sorry, landlords? Usually either evictions or um, running applications. Yeah. So usually the beginning or the end, right? So they, um, and, and we really do like, I I will tell them, Hey, if you're going to pull us in, that's where you want to pull us in, pull us in at the beginning. Let us get really good screenings on the people that, you know, that you're showing to how we have this, we have this uh, couple that we work with. They're still pretty much self-managing, but we are um, handling evictions for them. And we're also placing their residence for them, but they're still taking care of the showings. So I think they might be, about ready to switch that over because the wife was actually the one she's the one going out showing the properties okay cool um we got an application the last time this property was vacant ran it and the dude is like a five-time convicted felon aggravated assault murder murder and (laughs) i it was it was like it scared me because i was like why are you doing this you can't be doing this So we had like a talk. Luckily, we placed a a resident right after that. But I think that was a really big wake up call for them. She she was completely taken aback and could not believe that somebody like that would show up to view a property for rent. Because he was such a nice guy. Such a nice guy. Yeah, I, I hear that's what they say about all you know serial killers before they yeah. find out they're serial yeah. killers. Manson, solid guy, man. Right. Solid guy. Speaking of Manson, I just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I haven't seen it yet. Don't tell me. I heard it's great. An awesome movie. I highly recommend it. Um, I'll, wait. I'll wait till it comes out on Netflix. Well, so that sounds like a good up- upgrade opportunity then for this customer. So she found out she was about to place a murderer in her home. She was in the house saved with a murderer her. at nighttime because, of course, he couldn't come until like 8 p.m. Right. Yeah, that could have been a wow. very bad story. I, so you might not know this, but I'm going to ask anyway because if you do know it, I'd, I'd be fascinated to know. And I think other property managers listening would, do you have an idea of what percent of landlords you work with end up adding another a la carte service or going into full service property management? Uh, I mean, a hundred percent of our a la carte services will start off as one and a hundred percent of them will transition to a second. I, really? is really what it comes down to. Um, wow. So we don't have anybody, like we just brought in, we've been working with him for about a year, um, pretty large investor here in the area, and he's just using us for eviction only stuff. Um, but a lot of the stuff that he's doing, so he's purchasing something, it comes with inherited tenants who need to be evicted. Um, and so he turns it over to us, we clear out the property form, and then he takes it over. I think a lot of it has to do with age and where they're at in the process. For him, this, he's retired. This is what he's doing full time. He's really into it. He just knows he doesn't know anything about the court system. Um, the couple that we were talking about earlier, they're older. So they're starting to transition out. They're realizing this, you know, they've been doing this for several years, uh, if not the better part of a decade or more. Uh, so they're just starting to get tired. They really want to be retired and enjoy their time. Um, and so as management and, and being a landlord starts to infringe upon their, their, their retirement time, uh, I think that's why they've started to add stuff. So I think it really is like so many things in this business. Um, it really it comes down to the, the individual needs um, of the landlord and kind of where they're at in their world. We've also had people, uh, you know, these a la carte services, 
that start off just screening applications. Um, and then they'll call us because six months later they have a sick parent or a sick child. And now all of a sudden their world is turned upside down. They need the investment property, but they don't have the, the time to commit to it hands-on. So it really, it's just whatever they need. But we've, um, we've converted everybody. If they come in with one a la carte service, 100% awesome. of them are doing at least a second one, I would say within like two years of working with them, depending on their how many properties they have. That's great. It sounds like you've developed a really good way to kind of get your foot in the door. And then you develop that relationship. It's like, it just, it evolves like organically, right? Like if that's really all they need for five years is application screening, then we're happy to provide that to sure. you. Sure. They're good landlords, right? That's the other thing is like, we don't work with assholes. So you have, like, these have to be good landlords who have good properties, who take care of maintenance issues after the residents move in, uh, because the residents will always come back to us and be like, you are the ones that put us in the property, even though we don't manage the property. So um, as, as long as it's a good fit with the landlord, it's always going to work out. And how often is this a la carte kind of system used to screen out the ones that you're like, I don't want to work with you. Is that, does that happen often or is that the rare case? I never, it stops at you. Yeah. I, don't. So, I, I will say, um, it doesn't make it all the way in. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm no, really it doesn't even make it to a down for like gotcha. an all apart service. Um, I turn lots of people down though for full service management though. And I don't even uh, like, I don't specifically look at them and say, or, or have a conversation with them and say like, oh, I don't think we're a good fit. It's just based off of our conversation. Um, and I essentially show them why I'm not the property manager for them. <laughs> Are there certain like warning signs you look for? Yeah, uh, engineers, attorneys, um, right off the bat. If they've been, you know, four or five different property management companies over the last five to seven years, mm. um, if they want to have a lot of input and control and they want to see things, they want to, uh, they're, they want lots of touching, right? They, they want to be involved in every single aspect. And so my question to them is, why do you need a property manager? If you want to be part of the screening and if you want to be part of the advertising and if you want to be part, if you want to review paperwork beforehand, why would you pay me? Just do it yourself. Or let us do a, an application, like a screening only, set up the paperwork and then you manage it. Yeah. Oh, but man. And so then that kind of opens up, you know, really what our role is as the property manager and why it is very much once it's under our full service property, it's it's where we're taking the bulk of the headache of that property away from you. And we're going to contact you basically when there's really an emergency and we need your input on something or your approval on something. Otherwise, day to day operations shouldn't shouldn't be of any interest to an investor who's serious in our world um, about having investment properties. They yeah. Want to be yeah. And so like, you know, if we get a move out notice and so then the owners get notified and then they, you know, the, the, the owner that emails you and well, why are they moving? Well, did you talk to them? Well, how did you negotiate the rent? Well, maybe we should lower the rent. No to all that. Yes. We ask them why they're moving. They're getting transferred out because of a job. It has nothing to do with the price. There's nothing we can do. Like you're going to have a vacancy. Yeah. I'm curious in bringing this back to the beginning. You're talking from this point of a lot of experience. You've fine-tuned what you look for in your customers. You know the warning signs. I'm sure it wasn't always like that. 
let's rewind a bit. I'm curious in hearing the story of how each of you got into property management. I was hired in 03 by a large management company in Fort Worth. I just did the accounting. I stayed there almost nine years. And at some point, um, we hired her. And I just finished grad school and I decided I did not want to do what I had studied for 17 years of my life. Uh, and I was going through a divorce. So I got, I had a, my mom's friend was a property manager in this office that she's talking about. She was going to have surgery, needed part-time help. I agreed to do it. And within a couple of weeks, I was like, oh, I'm getting my license and I'm doing this. Like, this is, this is crazy. Like I, I totally want in on this. Um, and so we met at that larger management company um, and it was a huge company. They're managing like close to 1100 doors by the time we left wow. uh, portfolio management, probably seven or eight property managers, assistants all over the place, fax machines, a file room. I mean, it was, it was mayhem. It was crazy, but that's, that's where she and I met. And we met because I was trying, uh, I was trying to find somebody in the building that knew what they were talking about. Um, and I was just going office to office and I had a stack of file folders cause I was working for this property manager and I found a bunch of accounts that were just complete shit and I was trying to get them cleaned up. Nobody in the office could tell, like the broker didn't know. And so I'd go to another property manager and they're like, Oh, we have no idea. And I'm like, who in the building knows how to manage properties and knows about accounting. And they're like, you should continue to the back of the building and go to the very last office. <laughs> I like literally showed up at Aaron's door. She's like multiple screens, super accountant mode. And she mission like, control. Yeah, she looks up for me. She's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Listen, I've got all this, and I'm trying to figure it out. And nobody in this freaking building knows what they're talking about. They don't have the answers. And everybody says you're the one I'm supposed to talk to." So she's like, stares at me, and she's like, "Get in and shut the door." And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> so well, at the same time, like within the same time frame. I had sought out the person she was working for, and I said, what is she doing here? What? She's not like everyone else. Why, why is she here? <laughs> yeah, so that's, we, we were meant to be. So we were best friends from the beginning. Uh, and then she decided to start a family. I left when my daughter was born. Thought that I was not gonna work for a while. And then I was approached by someone to start a management. They needed someone with experience, and so I was it Angela that approached you or someone? Third person. Okay. And so I agreed to that, and we started that like very, very end of 2012, and I got pulled onto that. So how, she goes the person there? company and then she's like, hey, come over here. In. And I'm like, cool, that, that'll work. Because the, <laughs> okay. the company that we were working for, they were going to go to an employee um, system. They were going to stop the, the portfolio management. They were essentially looking to sell, which was fine. But I could see the writing on the wall and I was like, fuck this, I'm out of here. So she was like, hey, come over here. We're going to do the startup. And I'm like, sweet. So we go into the startup. And I really honestly, I think within the first six to nine months, Aaron and I were looking at each other going, dude, this third person, total 
loser. Like we like not not, not cut out. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is ridiculous. Like why, why did we even need this third person? So you know, the crazy thing is I think property management on its own is hard. Starting a company is its own challenge. And when you combine the two, like, I can't believe you two decided to go start Moxie. That's like, yeah, you know how challenging so both easy. were. No, but it was so easy. It was it was the easiest, most uh, simplistic process that I've ever gone through in my entire life. We literally said so we at the end of two years, right? We have this powwow with the third person, and we're like, "Hey, you suck. You don't do shit. So we need to either restructure the company or we're, we got to go. Like we're done." Um, and so a tantrum was thrown and only the way that a man can throw a tantrum who's a grown man. Um, so he throws a tantrum, Aaron and I bail. It was like the week before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And by December 20th, like we had, yeah. we had we're official, with, we were, fe- we were official on the 18th. Yeah. We were official with Trek on December 18th. Um, and so we took awesome. our client on just like right after the first of the year. In fact, we did take the client on early uh, and I ran like everything manual, which was freaking hysterical because I lost the money order for the security deposit and I had to oh, no. security deposit money because I lost the damn money order. Um, but yeah, so December 18th, we had it set up. So less than a month. And um, yeah, after the first of the year, we took over our first client. And so then, of course, you know, what happens is we got a bunch of our clientele um, that we had from the two prior companies. And so that was a really good base. Um, and we've, we've grown from there. Most of, most of our growth comes really from referrals from our current clients and previous clients. Um, and also we have a, a number of property managers in our area that will refer to us if it's a property outside of their little perfect Tiffany box. Gotcha. When, so is it just you two right now in the company or do you have other employees? We have a really good assistant, but she's virtual. She's a virtual assistant. She's in the Philippines. But she's the one that holds everything together. <laughs> she's she's the, she's the glue now. <laughs> no, she well, really is. When did yeah. you bring her on? I, a little over a year ago. And can you yeah. can you give um, give us an idea of kind of what she does? So if anyone listening is thinking about hiring an assistant, maybe you have some tips for them on like what to start off with and what types of things to offload. She's basically the maintenance coordinator. She runs the applications, enters invoices, and is just kind of the overall uh, person that tenants communicate with. Mm. So, one, yeah, she pretty much takes them takes over. renewals. Yeah, we introduce ourselves as a team. You know, let you know, let them know. You'll probably never hear from Aaron. Uh, you'll hear from me when you're doing really great stuff or when you're doing really terrible <laughs> stuff. Um, but otherwise, they communicate with with Linda, uh, and it's it's that's been uh, even better than I thought it could be. Like I, I was initially, I was one of those people that was kind of nervous about turning stuff over because I know exactly how it needs to be done every time. Yeah. Um, but it's been pretty amazing uh, what what she's been able mm-hmm. to take off of our shoulders and what she's willing to take off of our yeah. shoulders. Like what she steps up and says, like, "Hey, do you want me to start doing this?" Or I think we should start doing mm-hmm. this with the residents. And we're like, "Sweet, do it." And Glenda actually communicates with us whenever we have to communicate things back to you too. So we don't get to talk to either of you very often because we're always talking with her. I love Um, that we just meet in cities and break bread and and have it like, awesome. That's the way it's supposed to be, man. Maybe we can dig in to this sort of virtual um, 
kind of environment you've created. I, at one point, I, I seem to remember both of you telling me that you don't necessarily always work in the same office together. Is that still true? More often than not, I'm at my house. And if she's working on a computer, she's using her house. When's, this is the first time we've seen each other in person since it's been a while. A couple weeks. A couple weeks. <laughs> really? Not, not more. Mm-hmm. Well, so I'm glad we could get together for for this broadcast. Like, we're in a, a co-working station right now. Oh, awesome. Do you, when you meet, do you usually go to the same co-work place or do you? We have a couple places we go to. Yeah, we've got a, a coffee wine bar that's right up the street that we like a lot. We like this co-working station. Um, she works out of home a lot. I am I am someone, especially here over the past couple of years, um, I find myself, I, need to, I do need to remove myself from my house for several hours a day if I want to get stuff done. Um, but I think a lot of that is just like my son is older. He's, he'll be a senior in high school. It's just the two of us. And so he's gone all the time. It's just weird being at the house by myself. I'm like, this is, this is weird. Yeah. Uh, so I, I tend to work out like at different places, whether it's co-working stations or just, uh, there's a couple of cool restaurants that don't mind hanging out. So yeah, uh, it's wherever I was, I've been on, went down to the beach to see my mom. So I worked a couple of days, um, you know, at different places around, around her town. So uh, I was in Vegas before that, so I did a couple of hours poolside uh, on a Saturday. So it, it really is just wherever wherever we're at. Everything is, as long as we have our laptops, we're good. And even if we don't have a laptop, most things we can do from my phone yeah, or a tablet. Yeah. And I, I used to work at home because my kids are five and seven. God, don't you guys feel sorry for her? Five and seven. And well, Jen has a uh, two, two, two and a half year old. Yeah, he's two and a half. <laughs> Almost all day. No. In fact, I was on a call with y'all when it was during winter break and they were going absolutely insane. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, That sounds like the scene in aliens where they all catch. <laughs> and I said, This is what winter break sounds like. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Wait, who told you that? It was it Jorge? Yeah, it was yes, Jorge. told you that your, your kid sounded like aliens hatching. <laughs> Sounds like a sci-fi horror movie behind you. And, and, and anyone that's a customer listening probably knows Jorge. But <laughs> for those of you listening, thinking about signing up for Latchel, you'll probably at one point get to talk to Jorge and he'll he'll have a good movie analogy for yeah. what your kids sound like. Jorge's <laughs> good people. All the Latchel people are good people. No, thank you. We we like to think that of ourselves too, but we we prefer it when our customers think that of us. Yeah, but we've never we've never thought about doing anything other than virtual because it just nothing else makes sense, I guess. Yeah, and going back to like the early days, like starting in that large uh, management company in an office with all these desks and people, it just made no sense. Like managing property is not about sitting in an office. Um, answering phones and like closing down for an hour for lunch. Like if you're going to manage properties, there's a ton of stuff you can get done on computer. And then if you do need to go to a property, go to the property and be done with it. Like this idea of being stuck in an office for eight hours from nine to five with a lunch break and you do your computer work in the morning and then you go to properties in the afternoon makes no sense to me. We're diving to it. Never made any sense to me. Um, and even, you know, like back then, like we, I was on the very tail end where 
it was like right before the uh, self-showing services had come out. And so we were still leasing agents and we were supposed to take phone time and answer calls and make appointments to go show people. And I would just sell my, or I pay somebody to take my, um, to take my phone time. Cause I didn't want it. I, I wanted to fix all the stuff in the computer and in that folio, make sure everything's neat. And then I wanted to get to the properties. That's, that's what I want to do. And, um, I don't think, you know, a lot of people will say, but where do you meet your clients? We meet our clients where we work. We take them to the awesome restaurant we just found or this kick-ass coffee bar we just found or we find out what they're into and we take them to the cigar bar or the scotch. I mean, where whatever they want to do. Like those are much better encounters than bringing them into an office in some awesome part of town that we're paying a shit ton of money for that's not worth it. Yeah. And also for the residents, like why do, I, I don't know, why, why residents that want to come in to the property management company to do what? All of our residents pay electronically. Uh, there's no money orders mailed in. There's no personal checks mailed in. Everything is done elect electronically. Work requests yeah. online. Leases are done electronically. We, yeah. If we have to meet a tenant, it's usually at the property. I think to a certain extent, remote is more productive in a lot of ways mm -hmm. too. Um, especially as that company grows and you add more people to the mix. You, there's a lot of opportunity to let other things distract you from whatever your main goal is. Um, and to be remote allows you to really stay focused on that. Latchel is also a remote company. So the systems are important. And, exactly. you know, it's not always about save money on not having an office. That's really not what it's about because you end up probably spending more money on all the systems and infrastructure, planning, things like that when all is said and done. But I think remote, if you have your systems and your processes set up right, it can be a lot more productive and you get access to different kinds of people that you normally wouldn't have access to. Like right. you, you could potentially put your next hire anywhere. It, let's say you wanted to hire someone in the US. It didn't matter that they were in Dallas or yeah. Fort, Fort Worth. They could be anywhere, right? Google, Montana, exactly. And you, you can get the best person for the job no matter where they are. Um, we use a lot of systems like Slack for communication. We use a lot of video conferencing. Could you talk about some of the systems you've put in place to help you collaborate remote? Well, we do, we use Slack a lot every single day, all day. And that's how we communicate with each other and Glenda and all of us together about different things. And mm -hmm. so we're, we're in communication with her as much as we would be if she were in an office with us, which is a huge thing. Um, and then just as far as like technology, so we use um, Appfolio, Property Meld, and Rently are our big ones. And Latchel, of course, you guys are after hours. So between those, um, you know, Google Drive, we've got a ton of stuff, documents, things that are shared, um, but really between our management software and the accessory, softwares that we use slack and google drive i mean that's those those are the primary five that we're using okay. or six i guess not it's not complicated it's yeah it sounds like you're you're picking the things that allow either software or another service to take over so you can focus on mm -hmm. and if something doesn't, isn't working or there's a better an easier way to do something we we do it yeah. We're not stuck in any... We don't spend a lot of time 
think like, oh, we should compare and contrast. Oh, we should see what else is going on in the market. We're just like, here's our need. What are the options to fix it? This looks like the best one. Let's go with this one. Usually it works. If it doesn't, we change directions pretty quickly, right? Because especially with property management stuff, especially when it comes to things like forms and docs, like if you find something that's wrong or that's missing, you got to change it right away. Like you can't, I can sit around and wait uh, and test things out or put two different versions out and see which one is like better. Make a decision and go with it. Because if you're, if you, if you are comfortable with where you're at career wise and you're comfortable with the knowledge and the experiences that you've had, it shouldn't be a big deal to make it, make a change fairly quickly across your company. Are, are there changes you've made that you think had huge impact on your business? At any point in time, doesn't it? It could be recent, could be early in the business. Any Probably big changes? And we, when we started Lawsuit, we were 100% online payments already. So there was just a handful of like inherited people on super old leases. And, um, but probably 100% online payments and self shillings have been the biggest things. Yeah. Wait, gotcha. like, we're sitting here talking to you on first because rent week is just like any other week. Because the first is just like the 15th, I mean, they're like the 20th, they're like the 25th. I might have a few extra tasks, but they're, you know, I'm not consumed by any of it. Yeah. That, I, you know, I didn't even notice that <laughs> until you mentioned it, that it's the first like, of the month and you're, you're here with us. Here. I can remember, you know, like, if we hadn't done it this way, then today, Friday, and then probably Saturday, I would be at the office. Yeah. And then I'd be scrambling on Monday to figure out what came in on the weekend, what was late, what wasn't. So yeah. it's all, all taken care of now. That's awesome. I'm curious, are, are there any big hurdles that you ran into? building your company? Not that we're aware of. <laughs> You're just like out of the gate, crushing it from day one. It was just a series of paperwork. We legit, like we spent an afternoon at her dining room table with her, with a laptop and registered all the company information, figured out what our name was. That was probably, if there was a hurdle, I mean, it was just trying to figure out what the company name was going to be. But once we got that figured out, it was just entering it into, you know, Secretary of State, setting up an IRS account. Like, that's all, that that seemed all very basic. You know, then we went, we had, a, we knew of a really great attorney. We were referred to one. He became our business attorney. So he, you know, he drafted the, our business agreement and got all those docs set up and got us set up with, the, you know, everything that we needed to get done was done. I mean, it wasn't, I, I don't know. Sometimes I hear people, I think, there's a tendency to say, oh my God, I'm starting a business. Dude, just take it one step at a time. What's your yeah. what's your name? Get it registered. Set yourself up with the IRS. Get your stuff straight with the state. Jack with Trek, because you know that's going to take forever. And then once you're golden, you're golden. It's just, you're done. You're in business. It's not that hard. And if you're not worried about an office space, and if you're working remotely, that takes a whole nother level out of it. And so then it's just bringing in clients and doing what you do. It's, it's not, I, I it's, don't think that like starting a business is some big, huge, like need a hundred thousand dollars in capital and backers and all this financial knowledge. 
Like you can just go out and get it done. I think you obviously have a lot of process focus. Uh, if that makes sense, what I mean is the way you're talking about this is you're laying out the steps needed to go from point A to point B right. and you're hitting them one by one. And right. I think when you break things down that way, it doesn't seem like a big challenge or a big yeah. hurdle, right? It seems like, oh, I just need to walk the mile. It's one step at a time. Right? Exactly. And that's the way it is with anything in the leasing process, right? What's your application process? It's this set of, of steps and this set of guidelines. And once you hit a stopping point, that's it. You know, if the applicant doesn't pass your credit criteria, that's it. You're done. You let them know. Sorry, you're not going to qualify on to the next one. Um, it's, it's just everything pretty much just systematized within that leasing process, that leasing cycle. Yeah, we um, prescribed uh, the checklist manifesto. And Jen actually um, uh, was in our operations team for a long time, building process there. And now is doing that on, on the sales side. Um, but a lot of the way we build our processes through checklists and that does break down tasks into much smaller components that make them easier. Um, yeah, well, that's all I'll say about that. Checklists are great. They <laughs> <laughs> are amazing. Especially when you can get them just like in your head, like just going, you can, it's literally in your head. You know exactly what's going to happen. Steps one through five. I send myself emails every night. Mm -hmm. oh, nice. What I need to do the next morning. Yeah. One of the things I love about you guys is you're an all-female property management company. Was that on purpose, or did it just work out that way? I, it really wasn't intentional. I mean, uh, the office that we met in, I, there were only a couple of males in the office mm -hmm. anyway. Um, and so, it, you know, it was just our personalities really well. I will say, though, I mean, I think there's definitely a difference with two women at the home um, because we do understand and like, uh, you know, Glenda, she's a mom um, and she's married and her, you know, her husband works out of town uh, often. And so uh, it's, you know, we're, it's a balance. It's uh it's about moxie and it's about property management, but also it's about all this other stuff that we have going on in our lives. Uh, we understand, you know, if Linda messages us and says, you know, my son was sick last night, uh, I think, you know, I'll sleep in a little bit and then I'll log on a couple of hours later. That's fine because she's getting her work done. We're getting our work done. No harm, no foul. Um, I, I think it's just a really good feeling. I like that it's us and, you know, our kids are around and, uh, even if they're annoying us, they're around. It's just, uh, I, I think there's a different feel when you have two women at the helm and when it is all women. There's there's a lot, it seems like there's a lot less bullshit, to be honest. Um, we never, uh, yeah, and maybe it's just like we haven't met the right men in property management. I don't know. It just, it just seems like uh, goals are always very different and, and what people, you know, what men pay attention to versus what females pay attention to and, and not to get into a lot of stereotypes because I don't necessarily believe in all that, but there are definitely differences. Uh, there's a different feel to our company than any other company that we have been around. Um, and uh, we were actually in, in a unique position a couple of years ago. We're another property management company in Fort Worth in our market approached us and said, listen, we've got the sales division and we've got this other building division. And so we're split, like we need management, we want management. 
but we're not doing a very good job of overseeing it. We know we don't have any systems in place, no processes. So they actually consult, like we were, we consulted for them. They paid us to run their property management company, reorganize it, hire and fire, get the systems and the processes down, train their team while we were still running Moxie. Um, there was never any like, hey, we're going to buy you out or you're going to buy us out. There was, there was never any of that. They were just like, come in and make it run the way that Moxie runs to some degree. Um, and so, you know, doing that, we were then in an office that was led up by two men, headed by two men, vast differences, just, just huge differences on what they were focused on and really things that they were just kind of like missing when it came to like employee stuff, right? Things like sick time and, and kids, kids get sick and there's stuff to do at schools and uh, that kind of stuff seemed to be overlooked. So we did that for a year. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. We did it for a full year. Yeah, I definitely think there's something to be said for um, bringing in people from different backgrounds, different walks of life, mm -hmm. to bring in the breadth of idea. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I, I like about Lateral, I'm speaking obviously as a male founder here, so take this with a grain of salt, I guess. Oh, but right. one of the things, right? One of the things I'm proud of is that we've been able to bring in people with a lot of different backgrounds from a diverse set of experiences and take these different ideas to not only improve our service and what we're providing customers, but actually to improve that kind of work-life balance, uh, that company culture, all the elements that make you want to wake up and feel excited about working at a place. Um, but you have to be able to take in all these different ideas to do that. It can't be siloed. I mean, yeah. if it was siloed and I wanted everyone to be like me. Everyone would be like a workaholic going 14 hours and, until everyone's like so burnt out that like the company stops running. That's what it would be like if everyone was like me. So thank God everyone's not like me. Exactly. Yeah, that there's a good mix in the group. Yeah, we're, we're not we complement each other's <laughs> yes yeah, hey, you've got a good of... you've got a good vibe your frequencies match not in the same way but in complementary ways yeah. if we were exactly alike this wouldn't work right and if we do a really good job i think because of that we we do a really good job of staying in our lanes Right, so she's accounting, she's money, she's anything fiscal, financial, dollar signs, decimal points. Um, I am, you know, cl client geared, um, you know, making sure that they've got all their questions answered, that they're happy, I'm onboarding new properties, all that fun stuff. She doesn't want to do what I do. And so the times that we do have to like, coexist on a task together in somebody else's realm like she's come to me uh come with me to properties before where i'm like hey this tenant i think it's just going to be balls you know balls off it's going to be crazy you should probably be there just in case and so she'll come with me and she like i'll be there like with the tenant and we'll just you know be trying to figure stuff out and the tenant's like having a meltdown and i'm just over like on my phone like trying to pull up records while they're having a meltdown and aaron will be like at the front door just like Oh my God, get us out of here. Like, and recording. Yeah, like I cannot. <laughs> like any kind of like 
you know, not really conflict, but just, I don't do confrontation. Yeah, she not do confrontation, she not do conflict. So if a tenant is like, my fucking fridge hasn't cooled anything since I moved in, Aaron's like, I'm out. I, like, just get them a new fridge. Like, we're food. And I'm like, no, no, we're going to check this out. It's 68 degrees in this fridge. It's just fine. Keep it shut. Um, so it, it's a really good balance. And, and, and yeah. the same thing, like, when stuff comes up and owners are like, hey, I, I, my CPA wants to report that's X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yeah, not not in my forte. And so I forward them to Aaron and I'm like, this is who you need to talk to. Um, it doesn't make any sense to try and get in her business and it doesn't make any sense for her to try and handle the, the management stuff. So, Yeah, no, that's awesome that you've found a way to split duties in ways where you're, you're building the business together and you don't have the crossover. You're not duplicating work. I'm curious, how important has it been that you started Moxie with the two of you? Um, and the reason I ask is we have a lot of listeners uh, that are solopreneurs mm-hmm. um, starting the business themselves. And a lot of times, you know, they'll hit these hurdles and not have someone to bounce ideas off of. I'm curious how valuable was it in building this together? How much of that back and forth did you have while building Moxie? Nothing but that. Constant. Yeah, I don't think it, I would not have opened a management company with anybody else other than Aaron. I mean, there wasn't, there were, and for both of us, right? I mean, there were lots of, not a lot, I mean, not like tons of offers, but we had offers from direct, you know, different directions to go yeah. different ways in management. Um, and it, there was never a time where I thought, oh, yeah, I should probably look into that or I should probably pursue that. And I would say even the past five years, like we, we're approached by individuals who want either one of us or both of us or to try and do something. And it just, we know it's, it's a gut reaction. We can basically look at each other after the discussion and go, no, not, not going to happen. Um, and then we each have our reasons for why it's not going to happen. But yeah, I don't, I don't think there's no other way I wouldn't be in, in business with anybody else. Are you going to focus on growing the company larger or are you happy with where it's at right now? We definitely want to grow. Maybe both. (laughs) Maybe you're happy with where you are now and you want it to grow. It doesn't have to be exclusive. Not so much where we're willing to do anything and and take on stuff that's more trouble than it's worth. But yeah. Yeah. We want to grow. I don't think we have like, we're not... um, we do not have a whiteboard with numbers anywhere. Like we need to be here by fourth quarter. We need to be here by first quarter 2020. Um, we've always done really well if we've just run a clean management company, do the things that we're supposed to do. The business comes um, sometime. And, and again, we talked about this earlier and kind of touched on it. We, we turned down business. I, I turned down business quite a lot because it's not a good fit for us. And that has come out of experience because in the beginning uh, with that other startup, I was out there taking anything. I didn't give a shit what the zip code was. I didn't care how many deadlocks were on the front door. I was taking everything. Um, in fact, we had these California investors that had purchased this duplex and not, I mean, it was just, it was a, a diff, it was a tough neighborhood. And uh, they came in to show it was too late for them to get out of the deal. We show up, and I'm not even kidding you, man. The freaking house across the street got raided by the SWAT team while we were there. And I saw the SWAT vehicles coming around the block while we were in the backyard. And 
the investors didn't, right? So they're like in the backyard and I'm like, okay guys, we're gonna go in the kitchen right now. We're gonna stand in the middle of the kitchen and if we hear any loud sounds, we're all gonna lay on the floor on our bellies. Do not get up until I tell you to get up. And they're like, what? And I like point over to the SWAT team and they're making the corner and they're like, oh shit. And I'm like, get in the house. So we get in the house, totally hear the SWAT team, like make their appearance, announce themselves, knock in the windows and the doors, the flash things go off. I mean, it's mayhem. And so I like peek up. I'm like, okay, we're cool. They're bringing out people in zip ties. Let's stand up. So that we're like standing up in the kitchen and they're just like looking at me. And I'm like, do you now understand the problems we're going to have in getting this place leased? Do you understand the challenges that we face? And do you understand how important it is that you need to sell this thing as soon as you can? Yeah. So, I mean, stuff like that, it, it happens, but you learn lessons, right? I mean, those are good lessons to learn, but now we're in a point where we don't, we don't need to. The, the owners definitely learned their lesson. Yeah. Yeah. So we got out to the front yard and it was, it was two brothers and a sister. It was siblings. And one of the brothers looked at me and I was like, so, you know, if you guys want to continue and you decide that Moxie's like a good fit for you. And he's like, Oh no, you like, yeah, you're, you're our property manager. He's like, after that little thing, he's like, <laughs> like didn't even pay you. He's like, you're our property manager. So if the SWAT team breaking the house doesn't phase you, you've seen a lot. <laughs> So I assume now you veer toward more A class, B class? A, B. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's tough. I, you know, affordable living is just a huge issue. Affordable housing is a huge issue. And it, so it, I, um, we never say no to a property. We always say no to the client. And so it's not to say that we wouldn't take some C properties, um, but it really just, it would come down to the owner and really where they were at and understanding what they had. Yeah. And knowing that I needed like probably 25,000 on hand at all times. Yeah. I think that's maybe a, a distinction that most other companies I've talked to don't make. There's a difference between the property and the client that even mm -hmm. if it's an A-class property, if they're, if they're not going to be a good client, yeah, you if shouldn't take a client, Why do you want the A class property? Because then the A class property all of a sudden turns into a dill hole property because of the client, because right. of the owner. Um, and that's it's yeah. It, every single time, it always comes down. It's it's that personal interaction. It's what they're looking for and what their expectations are. Um, and really, uh, if they're ignorant about investment to begin with, it's it's never going to be a good fit. A, a lot of our uh, listeners they frequently hear property managers uh, say, don't take the bad client. But when you're in that position, when you're starting your company and you're just looking for as much business as you can, <laughs> your kind of mental state is don't turn anyone down. Yeah. Do you have anything to say to them, the, the startup property managers that want to take that client, but they hear this advice, like don't take the bad client what would you say there's, to them there's always lessons to be learned and that's when you learn that stuff is when you actually go through it and that's when you learn not to do it again and everybody's not do it again thing is different yeah I, and the uh so i guess like 
do it but then what she's saying learn the lesson so figure out why this type of personality in a client is not a good fit for you mm-hmm. and then don't go back to that personality again tweak it and try something different next time and see if you get different results but you know if you go back to that same type of personality it's it's just not going to work i i generally can i know within about the first five minutes of a phone call with somebody whether or not it's going to be a deal like basically whether or not i know that i will be able to work with them it's it's usually within the first five minutes um and if we get past that it's you know uh, it usually converts into business but the ones that i say hey man we're just not a good fit i will tell them why and i think that also sets us apart is because we're very direct and honest uh curt professionalism <laughs> um, when it comes to that kind of stuff and so i will tell them you expect way too much out of me I, I will not do that um, for for what I charge. This is what I charge. I don't get out of bed for any less. And what you're asking me for is way more than I'm willing to, to give you. Um, and and that I that that's what I would say to like new people in the business. Be honest with clients that you turn down and let them know because sometimes it's a personality flaw on their part. You know, you shouldn't. We shouldn't have in our business owners. Who want to screen applications with us? That's yeah. low. That's what we're here for. So if you're a property manager and you're in Texas and you're letting them help you screen applications, man, shame on you because it's making it really hard for those of us who are trying to do it. Uh, you know, kind of what I would consider the right way. Period. Yeah. I, you know, I think if, if an owner wants to be that involved, they need to manage it themselves. And if you're honest from the beginning. Mm-hmm and lay out your expectations, it, it prevents a lot of problems. But I, I've seen a lot of people go into things promising more than they can really deliver mm-hmm. and hoping it works out for the best, and that doesn't And ever never, work. ever, ever works, ever. What I love about your approach to all of this is that you are brutally honest, not just with what you're capable of, but with what you're looking for in a customer. And it's so obvious to me that this comes from the systematic learning and growing that you've done, that you, you, you try it different ways, you learn, you internalize that, and then you're brutally honest with it. Yeah, we've made, we, I mean, we've yeah. made the mistakes. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, it's all, it's all part of it. You're not, there's not going to be any industry. So before this, you know, she was, she did some stuff before property management. I was in some different industries before real estate and property management. It's that way in every industry. If you don't know what your role is and if you don't know what you're looking for, whether it's in a client or a patient or, uh, you know, whatever it may be, where are you going? What's your direction? Um, and so trial and error is really kind of the only way that you're going to get that done. There's nobody's ever going to be able to write a manual that covers every single aspect of any industry, whether it's property management or anything else. So a lot of it is trial and error. You can set up your systems and processes. You know what the contract says, but it all comes down to how do, how do the humans involved? How, how are you going to combat that shit? Because that's the stuff that really matters. Until we can get robots involved, I mean, we're, you know, that's stuff that you're going to have to contend with. And we're real close to the robot thing. I really love how you guys are just lead with integrity and honesty instead of chasing dollars. Like, that's a really important, I think, asset to have, especially if you're first starting, just to lead with honesty and integrity and the money will come to you instead of just chasing those dollars. I think that's just a really amazing 
message to put out there. And it comes in different ways, right? So if we if we um, had been chasing, you know, just taking on any property that we possibly could, we'd probably be up to five or six hundred properties right now. But it'd be a nightmare, and we'd be focusing on a lot of day to day stuff that we didn't necessarily need to, and then we would have prevented ourselves from consulting for that other company for an entire year or setting up our a la carte services and then really pushing those and seeing where it goes. Um, so, you know, when you, when you allow yourself to be distracted um, by tasks that are really beneath you or below you, man, you're just eating up time where you could actually be, you know, making giant strides or even just increasing your knowledge base about your business. Uh, you know, the more BS you can cut out on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's the company or personal, you got to do it. I think you everyone listening. What I was just I about to say was, <laughs> I think everyone listening is going to want to pick your brain. Um, even if it's by email. I mean, you, we've talked about a lot. We've talked about how you built your company out as a remote company. Uh, you know, how you sis have systematized things. Um and you've talked about obviously the, the softwares you use. We talked a little bit about how you use Latchel for after hours. If someone wants to reach out to you, what would be the best way for them to get in touch? Email. Email us. Uh, email? Okay. Yeah. Erin, E R I N at rentmoxie.com. And Moxie's M O X I E. And then Angela at rentmoxie.com. Beautiful. We also have Jago chat on our site. Oh yeah, we have Jago chat on our site too. I forget about that because I don't serve it. And so if there are any landlords listening and you're thinking about hiring a property manager and you're in Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, what, are, what other areas do you serve? The whole Metroplex, which is like Dallas, Fort Worth, Weatherford, Denton, Ferguson. Yeah, so Tarrant County, Dallas County, Johnson County, Parker, um, Denton County. So pretty Wise much, County. yeah, if, if sure. a freeway can get me there, I'm, I'm gone, like, done. Perfect. So if you're within, it, buy a freeway from any of those places that Angela and Aaron mentioned. Yeah, I'm not, we won't do the counties up by the Red River, okay? I'm not going to get that close to Oklahoma. Not, not doing that. <laughs> I'm short for that. Um, but yeah, anything in, in the, the larger DFW Metroplex, we will take care of. Beautiful. And everyone feel free to head over to rentmoxie.com, R-E-N-T-M-O-X-I-E.com to learn more about Moxie Property Management, sign up for their services, shoot an email over to Aaron and Angela if you have questions. And if you're interested in learning more about Latchel services, Click the green button in the Crowdcast. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, we'll go to our website, latchel.com, book a demo, and we'll, we'll talk to you about all, all the cool things. We yeah, book a demo. Book the demo already. If you're out there and listening yeah. and you haven't booked the demo, what are you really doing yeah. with your life? Don't waste your time. What, I mean, really seriously. What are you seriously. doing with your life? Yeah. Don't be bothered in the middle of the night. Yeah. It's two oh, clicks. You, you're two clicks away from a good night's sleep. It's malarkey. It's it's truly malarkey if you're not with Lashel and you're listening to this. Aaron, Angela, thank you both so much for joining us today. It was oh, a pleasure. For thanks for putting up with our technology problems. And hop in uh, next week, because next week we're talking to a guy named Marco Nelson, who started a uh, company called Rent Check, because Rent Check might be able to help you. It's an app that allows you uh, to save time on 
standardizing the move-in, move-out uh, inspection process. So we're going to learn more about this app. Brand new, cool thing. It's a startup. Don't know where it's going to go. But uh, if you can't join, and I think you should take a look at it, I'll let you know later by emailing you. Give us the Just like all of our listeners should email you if they have questions for you. That's right. Email us. <laughs> beautiful. Well, everyone, make sure to follow our Crowdcast channel, subscribe to the podcast, and have a beautiful day. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date. Hit that subscribe button. Give us some love. Maybe give us a five-star review, too, if you like what you're hearing. And I have an ask for you. I'd like you to go to latchel.com and click the book a demo button to schedule time to talk with us. We want to hear about your business, how you've been, how you're growing, how maintenance is going at your company. Maybe we can work together. Maybe not but you won't know unless you talk to us. So go to latchel.com, click the book a demo button. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I know the rest of our team here is. So go do that as soon as you can. Thanks everyone. See you back next week.